you have an offering that you will give to, um, for leaving, um, we'll have um, a place, I suppose we have something for us. Uh, we can get um, the baskets and so forth. Maybe need some help on that, John. Okay. We won't, we won't take it tonight, but as you leave out, uh, John will be back there for you, and you can just uh, give it to John as you uh, go out. Uh, tonight, um, we want to pray and ask God's blessings again and to welcome each and every one to our church family. The uh, thing I love about God's church is a family. And, um, you know, the Bible teaches us that there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, that we're all God's children. And um, I'm so grateful to God that uh, the Lord has blessed my life to be in a church family. I have um, some members in my family, my birth family that are in other uh, religious orders, um, uh, one of which is in the order of, um, of uh, a Muslim, which is the black Israelites. And, um, and they are literally amazed and ask me questions, well, why do you uh, minister to people who are white? They're enemies of black people. Uh, they are, call them all kind of names. And this is one of my family members. But you know something? When Christ becomes the Lord of your life, when Jesus comes in your heart, you become a family. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful that God does not look at the exterior. God is about the interior, what's inside of us. And uh, when he did that in my life, uh, he expanded my family from people all around the world. I came to find out, talking to Vitaly, uh, they did my, my wife did my DNA, ancestral DNA thing, the boys trying to find, what is dad, what is dad? Found out I am 9% Russian. I'm in the house. So Vitaly, I claim him as my son, somewhere down the line, something happened. <laughs> So God is so good. Tonight we're going to address a very important area of spiritual warfare. Father, we ask right now that you help us to understand spiritual warfare. For Father, as we launch out into this 40 day of yes, just say yes to God. Father, the forces of evil are already mounting its horses. Father, even today, as people came and went, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will open our eyes to recognize who God is. Help us to understand that church is not a performance, the choir does not perform. The pastors do not perform. The leaders do not perform. We are here to serve one God, one Lord, and one baptism. It is all about Jesus. It is not about performance. It's not about looking good. It's not about having a good car, a good house, or good children, and all that good stuff, good money, good vacations. It isn't 
a rabbit foot. It is about a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. So Father, I thank you for what you have taken my family through, the suffering of my wife for 20 years, unable to walk, losing her vision, losing her hair, losing her capabilities. I thank you for my sons, the, the, the bad decision they've made and how they have rebounded and the struggles in my life, losing a job, going through questions about what am I going to do. But Father, because of the authority of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, living and dwelling in my life, you help me to understand what it means to be made whole and holy unto thee. Father, help me tonight to help us to understand that there are forces of evil all around us in this community, Father, even passing and going, and even probably walk through the doors of this church that do not want to see you break loose in this congregation. So, Father, I thank you for our pastor. I thank you for our leaders. And, Father, I pray that every leader will lead the way and help us to get on board of being able to say, with I be made whole, moving, Father, from brokenness and trials and tribulation to completeness, and, Father, understanding that the answer to God is yes, 40 days of yes. In Jesus' name, if your heart said amen, amen, amen a second time, amen. amen just one more time. Amen. One for the Father, amen. one for his Son, amen. and one for his precious Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Um, I will we get through our teachment here. Somewhere down the line, I'm going to leave this out so you can see this was the first book. This book was redone. This was my first book here that I went through in 40 days. I talked a little bit about it on the 38th day of going through my 40-day journey. Uh, I had gone through a very trying situation in my life, a lot of warfare. My wife was losing her vision. My wife, my beloved, has had bilateral knee replacement surgery, bilateral copper tunnel surgery, uh, gluten intolerant, and she's come to find out by the healing power of God and prayer, my wife can now eat fried chicken with regular bread on it. And my wife told me when she couldn't eat uh, gluten, she said, when she gets to heaven, the first thing she's going to ask God, God, can I have a sandwich? That's the first thing. The Holy Spirit put on my heart, I'm going to give this to my brother back here. And we're just going to pass my book around here. You can take both of my books. Look, I'm going to give another one. Pass, look through it and pass it around and take a look at it and see how I do what I do. You can read all my notes and so forth and et cetera. So you can see that. Just start passing it around while we're teaching and people can move forward on that because we got a lot to cover tonight and we got to move expeditiously by the grace of God. All right, one of the things we want to understand when we begin to engage in dealing with the matters of God, that the forces of evil are very prevalent. The devil don't like this. And we need to understand that. The devil doesn't like us being brothers and sisters in the Lord. 
it makes Satan mad. And as I began to pray, I began to ask God, God, help me to know how to talk to our people. Help me to know how to help them to understand that it isn't about wealth. It's not about money. It isn't about power. It isn't about position. It isn't about smarts. It isn't about doing all the right things. It's about God. It's about your and my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we do not have a personal walk with him, if we're not spending daily time with him, then really what we're doing, we're wasting our own time and we're reneging on God's time. Now, the things I share about my life, I'm not sharing these things to give any kind of credit to Robert Loggins. I am not impressed with Robert Loggins. I'm not impressed with who I am. I'm impressed with God. That's all who I'm impressed with. Well, there's another person, Cassandra Loggins. I got two people I'm impressed with. I, I, I told Pastor when I came here, I don't eat cheese. I don't brown nose anybody. And but one person on this planet, I brown nose, and she's five foot two. Her name is Cassandra. I brown nose her all day long. Okay, whatever mama wants, mama gets, period. I don't care what it is. I'm going to do the very best I can to get it. But we need to understand that what we're doing here in our church, we're getting ready to go toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose with the malevolent, evil, unrighteous, demonic forces of hell itself. We're going to, to literally strip down the very portals of hell itself. Jot this down. Prayer gets God's attention. Prayer gets God's attention. That's what prayer is about, getting the attention of God. That's letting God know that we hear his voice, we want to do his will. That's getting God. That's prayer. Prayer is, is, is talking to God. It's talking to God. Meditation is listening to God and regurgitating what God has said to us. It's, it's thinking on God's thoughts. That's meditation. But fasting is breaking spiritual strongholds. And I contend that the reason why a lot of us miss God's best is because we do a lot of praying, we do some meditating, but we don't fast. We don't understand fasting. So spiritual warfare. Just say yes. Everybody say yes. yes. 40 days of yes. Breaking spiritual strongholds. Areas in our life, in our family, in our church, and believe me, beloved, believe me, beloved, I've been in ministry for 47 years. I've been preaching in the preaching ministry for 43 years. That's a long time. I'm not that old either, okay? I'm only 21, my wife is 16, okay? All right, you can believe that later on. That's a long time, and I have seen and I have dealt with spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. I have dealt with evil spirits. I have seen spiritual deliverances come out of people. I have witnessed in God's church strongholds that inhibits the church from being the church. So that the church becomes a business and not the business of our master's business. I've seen it. And beloved, it stinks to God. God isn't pleased with that. And I've seen in churches where people who have gifts, talents, and abilities 
don't even use their gifts, their talents, and their abilities for the glory of God. Churches keep them at a low level of engagement because they realize if they keep them uninformed, you can lead dumb sheep around. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe people need to be trained, equipped, so that Jim can hold Robert responsible for how I live, and David can hold Robert for how I live, and I can hold David for how he live, and, and Tom uh, can hold uh, 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 Robert, uh, Tim can hold Robert for how he live, and we can help each other out to be the people that God would have us to be. As iron sharpens iron, one man and one woman sharpens another. We all need each other. And we're not all that and a bag of chips. Matter of fact, some of us are not even in the bag. We're not even there as well. So breaking spiritual strongholds. Bring it to Jesus to break spiritual strongholds. You got to bring it to Jesus. You can jot these down. You got to bring it to Jesus. Jesus is the solution for helping us to do this journey. Every person in our church should have been breaking the tables down to get a resource to help us to get together and come before God together. Every person should have been, the line should have been from here to eternity. People should have been calling folks that, listen, we here at Cornerstone, we're getting ready to experience the presence of God. But you know something, beloved? You have to trip people when they come out the door, make them fall for they get it. For they go, they'll crawl over your foot to pass by God. Not recognizing that it is in God we live, we move, and we have our being. It's in God that we have the abilities to do what we can do. It is in God who strengthens us, who protects us. We need God in our life. And beloved, I have to be honest. I was not trained as a young Christian about how to have a spiritual relationship with God, a prayer life. I was not taught that. I had to learn it. I spent the majority of my ministry, 20 years of ministry, without a prayer life. Yet I was successful, full of stress. But when I discovered this relationship that I can have with Jesus every day, spending time with him early in the morning time. When I get up in the morning time, I, I, I spend time in his presence, and, and I encourage every pastor, every leader, every person who leads the church to spend at least one hour every day with God. And our young kids, small ones, five minutes with God, teach them scripture, memorize scripture, to hide God's word in their heart. Did they mean I sin against God? If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a husband or wife, at least 30 minutes every day with God. Individually, spend time. Collective, my, my wife and I, we, we spend time to God together. I'm driving. I call her. We talk about, she's saying, I want you to listen to this, this tape from Charles Stanley. Here it is. And she said, have you listened to that yet? Honey, I've been working, baby. Well, you're not listening to me. Oh, stay up all last night with bed at 2 o'clock this morning. Listen to Charles Stanley. So I called my wife this morning. I said, baby, I heard. She said, what did he say? I had to explain everything I heard he said to her to validate that I did listen. I didn't need that amen right there. <laughs> then just say yes. Say yes. 40 days of yes to my new journey. 
breaking spiritual strongholds. Now, just say yes. Go to Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, and we're going to unpack that text because in that text, we're going to come to understand the inhibiting factors that create dynamic nuances to inhibit us to make excuses about what we can't do. Because most Christians can make some of the best Christianized excuses you can ever name. We make excuses for everything. We, we, God, excuse me here, excuse me. We, we are full of excuses, but beloved, if we're really going to have an intimate connectivity with God, you've got to get over the excuses. You've got to get real with God. You've got to get real with him, and you've got to begin to use the gifts that God has given to you if you are a Christian and you've been born again and brought into the body of Christ. Let me back that up. Mark 9, verse 9, 19 says, O unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Don't miss that. This spirit to which we're talking about tonight was in an individual, was habitating within him and causing him to inhibit the work of the kingdom. Whenever there is a vacuum in our life, something will come in and fill that void, okay? And many times those things that come in and fill that void, it is the spirit of the malevolent one, the spirit of evil, Beelzebub, there are many different names for the devil, Lord of flies, Lord of lies, Lucifer, all these names, Satan, he is very deceptive in this attempt to beguile us, to inhibit us, to stop us from doing what God would have us do. He knows that if we spend time with the Father and the Father spend time with us, he knows that if we do that, that he's, he, he's been exposed and he loses his power. But beloved, as we walk on this path of this new journey to be made whole, we want to be able to literally strip down the forces of evil and say to God, God, you got this. You got, you got this church. You got this community. You can handle this. And beloved, I am convinced that the reason why we're dealing with the issue we deal with today is because we as Christians, the house of God is no longer the house of God. It's the house of entertainment. The house of play. And suppose the house of prayer. Break the spiritual strongholds. Now just say yes. Say yes. What do you do when you have given your very best effort, but nothing changed? What do you do when you have given the best of your time, talent, and treasure, yet the results of your investment seem to be, to be no different? When you have given all that you know to give, What's next? My mother calls that coming to the end of your rope. Let me tell you something, beloved. That's the best place to be at the end of your rope. When you've done all you can do, you can't do anymore, you've done everything you can possibly do, that's, the, that's when God has gotten us right where he wants us. 
And I'm convinced that's the condition to which we are in many of our churches today. Beloved, uh, to have this many people here on a, on a Sunday night? Come on, somebody say amen out or something. Amen. Do you not know that, that Satan is scratching his head saying, I thought I had them. But beloved, there's nothing more dynamic than understanding What's next? The disciples of Jesus Christ were confronted with this problem in Mark 9, 14 through 32. The disciples' best effort did not solve the problem, even though they had done their very best. As a matter of fact, the problem even went deeper, darker, and lower into the very depths of the one they were trying to help. The disciples had been empowered by the Lord Jesus Christ to deal with evil spirits. Jesus had told them in Matthew 10 that they can even cast out demons. So here they are confronted with this boy, this kid, and they are unable to deal with this spiritual condition of warfare. That's why Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the, the darkness of, of this evil world. It's, a, it's against Satan. It's against the, the unrighteousness of, of, that, of God, those things that does not belong to God. It is the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. That's what we did. When we began to see drugs in our streets and kids killing kids and people acting crazy and doing all these crazy, that's the reason for that. There is a spirit. It is a spirit of Lucifer. It is a spirit of evil. It is a spirit of division. It is a spirit to cause us to attack each other and not not give glory to God. You know something, beloved? That's why people don't come to church. They don't come to church because the church is a place, is a playhouse and not a prayhouse. There's some people giving up from church because they think the church is contaminated. But the church, the ecclesia, the call out community, we've been called out of darkness. We were once in the darkness, but now we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. Once we were not, had not received mercy, but now we have the mercy of God. And God has given us to give the mercies of God to those who stand in need of the mercy of God. We have the solution. We got the key. Jesus heals a boy Possessed by an impure spirit. Let me tell you something, beloved. This chapter will curl your afro. Excuse me. Well, you'll curl. Yeah, curl. <laughs> <laughs> it will curl your afro. That's it. That's it. You got it. You got it. Now just say yes. In Mark 9, 14 through 16, the Bible says, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. 15, as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. Verse 16, what are you arguing with them about, Jesus asked. He saw all this contention, all this noise, all this ruckus, all this racket. And Jesus said, what's, what's up with this? What's going on? What's the problem? Anytime there is confusion in the church, anytime there's confusion in your home, 
Anytime there's confusion on your job, anytime there's confusion around you and you are a Christian, that confusion is caused by the one who wants to cause us to scatter. Because he knows if he dilutes us, he got us. That's, that's the tactic of the evil one, to divide and conquer, to turn us against each other. So we become the enemy, and the enemy walks around scot-free. Mark 9, 17 through 18, the Bible says, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech, verse 18, whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Everybody say, they could not. Everybody, they could not. Now let's make it first person uh, singular in the nominative case, the subject case, I could not. I could not. Again, I could not. There's a whole lot of stuff that we can't deal with because we are not engaging in the presence of God the way we ought. God can handle it, but we won't give it to him because we don't know how to give it to him. We have not understood what it means to give it to him. We don't trust him with it. We don't believe he can do it. Our marriages, our families, our finance, all the stuff that we deal with in our humanity, we think we, we can outdo God. We get a better accountant. We get a bigger house. We get a new wife, a new husband. I know some of the ladies today probably want to get an upgrade, brothers. I know they're looking for. They're probably going shopping online. Get me an upgrade, you know. You know, Amber. I know you. I know you need an upgrade. Amber said, "I need an upgrade." <laughs> in England, I like when I was in England studying in Oxford. They said they were called an upgrade. They said, "Up it, get an up it. You need an up it. Get an up it. Get an up it. Get an up it." Look out, Steve. You're in trouble, Doc. All right. And the Bible says, in verse 18, whenever it sees him, it throws him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You want to know something, beloved? There are some things that God just won't let you do. Because if you did it, you'll take the credit for it. You got me now? There are some things that God... Get my Mississippi language together now. There's some thing God ain't going to let you do. Because if you do do it, you're going to take the credit for doing it. Let me get my, my New Orleans language together. What you is. Let me tell you what you is. What you is, you just is can't do it. You got that now? Is you is or ain't you is my baby? Is you is or ain't you? Y'all don't know anything about that. Let me go on. Let me go. Mark 9, uh, 19 through 20. The Bible says, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring what? Come on, everybody. 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 Jot this down. Bring the problem to me. 
okay? Whatever the problem is, bring it to him, okay? Stop trying to fix your problems. You ain't that smart. You don't have it together. You can't handle it. Spiritual warfare is above your capacity and your job description. You would never, ever defeat the malevolent one. You cannot do it. It takes something beyond your capabilities to a whole nother realm of authority. So they brought him. When the spirit, watch this now, when the spirit saw Jesus, get this now, when he saw Jesus, it didn't see Lee. Now, if the spirit saw Lee, the spirit would have Lee. Had been, the spirit said, oh, forget about him. <laughs> I'm not. And Lee said, you know, saw Robert, whatever. So uh, uh, when, the spirit, when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsion, into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Foaming at the mouth. There was a spirit in that boy. There was something that only God can handle. Let me tell you something, beloved. There's some things in our lives that will never be fixed until God gets a hold of it. You hear me, beloved? You cannot solve your problems. You cannot fix your problems. You can band-aid them all day long, but those band-aids and those patches, they just won't work. If you want to get to the root of the issue, get to where the problem really is, that's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ is the one to whom we need. And that's what this journey experience is all about. Verse 21 through 23, the Bible says, Jesus asked the boy's father. Now watch this. Jesus is now <clears throat> engaging in an investigatory aspect here. He's analyzing what our doctors do when we go into the doctor's office. The doctor began to look at what is the case, what's the situation, what are the symptoms? You see, there are certain symptoms that come out of sin and disobedience. Jot down the word symptoms, symptoms. When you begin to analyze what God would have you to do, look at the symptoms, the symptoms, the symptoms. Now, what's another word for symptoms? The other word for symptoms is look for the fruit, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit. What kinds of fruit is being produced that is causing these issues to occur. Now watch this. You will never, ever be able to deal with the fruit until you get to the root. The root produces the fruit. And when the root produces the fruit, the fruit has a harvest, then the fruit drops the harvest off and creates more roots, and then all those roots in that fruit begin to create a whole garden and a whole field of nothing but problems. Problems beget problems, begets problems, beget problems, and soon there's so many problems from the fruit of the roots of the problems that you just about don't know what to do. And that's when some people fall off the cliff and take their life. They turn their eyes away from God. 
and they give up. We have kids that go to our schools that do that. Because for whatever reason, for whatever reason, there's a failure in understanding of getting into the presence of God and getting close to God to understand that God is with you, that God is the source of your strength, that God will help you through whatever you are dealing with. There isn't anything you're dealing with, any situation, any person. I don't care what it is. It isn't bigger than God. So how long has it been like this? <clears throat> From childhood, he answered. That's the father. It has often thrown him into fire and a water <clears throat> to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus says, Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. You got that now? That word believe, jot this down. The word believe, literally, it's a being verb, if you will. The word believe really is, is this. It is trusting in the very one who saved you and changed your life, Jesus. Jesus is the one to whom is the anchor of our soul. He's the one when everything is going crazy and out of whack, Jesus is the one who gives us peace in the midst of our storm. Get this, beloved. Don't run from your storm, okay? Jot this down. Don't run from your storm. Run through your storm. Don't go around your storm. Don't go underneath your storm. Go through your storm. Watch this right here. When you go through your issues in your life, it gives you wisdom. It gives you understanding. You begin to be able to help other people who have problems. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you all will go to a doctor who has never, ever doctored? How many of you will go to a doctor, and you go to a doctor's office, and the doctor says, got you on, on an operating table, and the doctor says, well, I've never used a scalpel before, and you get ready to go to sleep right now. So, we're going to put you to sleep, but I'm going to try this. I've never used a scalpel before, but, but I'm going to see how it feels. And then you go in, they give you the shot, you're going off to sleep just like this, you know, you, you shot. How I many of you would go to a dentist and the dentist says, you know something, I got this hammer and this jackhammer in my office. I've never ever used uh, 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 the, uh, the surgical instrument for pulling teeth, but, uh, but, but, but this guy down the street has a jackhammer. He's been cracking up concrete and he told me I could use this on you. So you just lay back, I'm going to take care of you. That's him, David's calling me. Calling me. What, what, David? Anna is going shopping? Right. What, what should you do? David said, God, what should I do? Anna is going shopping. David, David, David God said, let her go shopping. Then, then David said, well, but God, I don't have much money. He said, go, go sell all you got and let her shop until she drops. <laughs> then the scripture says, <clears throat> watch the spirit. It has often thrown him into the water, fire and water, to kill him. But 
if you can do anything, take pity on us. If you can, Jesus says, everything. Somebody say everything. Somebody say everything. Just say yes. Say God can handle everything. Are y'all going to be talking like Mississippians out there? Mark 9, 24 and 25. The Bible says, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. Jesus rebuked it. Let me give this to you, beloved. Our prayer life will help us to know how to rebuke spirits. Okay? Now, beloved, I'm going to blow your mind here. There are spirits that come up in this church every Sunday that do not have the intent to do God's business. Okay? There are spirits that come around and about the very portals of God with intent not to bring glory to God. Okay? Satan loves to create havoc in the house of God. Okay? There are spirits that you meet on your job that come against you on your job that is not of the Lord. But God sends those spirits to you. Why did you do this? In order to jot this down, to strengthen you. To strengthen you. To make you, jot it down, wiser. To make you better. To refine you. And watch this now. Even to break you, to bring you to the end of yourself. Okay? You deaf and mute spirit, Jesus said, I command you. Now, notice what Jesus did. He didn't say, I asked you. He didn't say, no. He said, let me negotiate with you. Now, no, let me, no, this evil spirit, let me, let, me, let me see if this is all right. I don't want to make you upset. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to make you feel unhappy. But this spirit, Jesus said, I command you. He took authority over the authority of evil. Let me tell you something, beloved. And Brother Tim can identify with me here as well. And Brother Vitalik and anyone who's been doing ministry know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you something. Brother Steve can identify with this as well. Let me tell you something. When you're dealing with evil, you can't play with it. Okay? When you're dealing with malevolent spirits, you can't play with it. You have to crush the head of the serpent or it will bite you and consume you. I command you, come out of him and never enter him. What? Again. In simple Mississippi language, leave him alone. Verse 26 and 29. The Bible says, the spirit shrieked and convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that, he, that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why 
couldn't we drive it out? Let's say it together. Everybody. Once again, louder. Okay. And he replied, Jesus said this. Jot this down. Don't forget this phrase. You can use it on your job. When you're, when you're dealing with your job, some of us on our job, we got some spirits in our jobs. My God Almighty, Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let us get a new boss come in town. Oh, Father, it's to reorganize it. It's like, the, like a demon that just come into the organization. All right? This can, this can, can come out only by prayer. Now, in the King James, I think I like that better because the NIV said prayer, but it says prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. This kind can come out only by prayer and fasting. There are some things in your family that you will not solve if you do not take that issue to God. He won't let you receive it. You will not get it. That stronghold will not be broken. You've got to bring it to Jesus in prayer and in fasting. Break the, strong, break the spiritual strongholds. Now just say yes, say yes. yes. How to cast out this kind of spirit, this kind of spirit, this kind of spirit. This kind of spirit, this kind of spirit in the church of Jesus Christ is, a hard, is hard to understand. It is, it, is, it is hard to understand. It is not the spirit of God. God's spirit is holy. You cannot deal with this kind of spirit with more knowledge and more human understanding. This kind of spirit in the church of Jesus Christ is a very confusing and perplexing spirit. If it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, lay eggs like a duck, walk like a duck, have feathers like a duck, get in water like a duck, it must be a duck. Okay? That's called, jot this down, spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment. You must be spiritually discerned to deal with the malevolent forces of evil. And beloved, in this congregation, going through the new journey to holiness and holiness, 40 days of yes, just say yes, wilt thou be made whole, we will be literally stepping on the coins of Satan himself. He will not like it. He will not like it. Because his spirit is about control. The spirit of God is about liberation. For whom the Lord has set free is free indeed. <laughs> this kind of spirit can quote many Bibles upside down and reject living out the Bible right side up. This kind of spirit can teach 
and lead in Bible study and appear to be an excellent teacher, but will cut you down with the tongue and embarrass you publicly as if you have never read, you have never read the Bible. This kind of spirit even has the audacity to recite and read the church covenant Sunday after Sunday without ever changing. This kind of spirit believes it knows more than God about what God should have said or written in the living word of God, but it never lives what it says. It declares it knows innately. That's a spirit that know the Bible, but don't know God. Let me tell you something, beloved. You can know the Bible and still not know God. You can be very astute in biblical scripture and still don't know God. Okay? You can know all the good stuff and still don't know God. There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God personally. When you know God personally, there are things in your life will change. Your habits will change. Your attitude will change. Your relationship will change. The people you spend time with will change. You will not stay the same. The closer you get to God, the more you begin to understand the frailty and your need for God. And God will change your life. And if you are not changing, and you are retrogressing and going the opposite direction, you probably are not spending time in the presence of God. Go before God. Say, God, examine me. Search me. Know my heart. See if there's any wicked ways in me. Father, help me to see myself. See, I've been in ministry so long that it can become a profession. But beloved, I've I shake in my boots every time I prepare for a message or every time I come to a classroom. I'm shaking in my boots. You don't know I'm, I'm like shaky poo. I'm just like this. Because I want to make absolutely certain that I don't miss going to heaven. I lead everybody else to heaven and I wake up in hell. How would you like to lead everybody to Christ and when the end of the day comes, you are destined for separation from God Almighty. And God says to you, all that good stuff you did, all the buildings you built, all the music you've done, all the things you've done, all the money you've given, all that is nothing. You are not even worthy to come into my presence. What must one do to banish? This kind of spirit. We're almost finished, beloved. Give me a minute. We must bring it to Jesus. Everybody said, bring it to Jesus. Everybody said, bring it to Jesus. Everybody said, I know what I need to do. I cannot handle this. It's bigger than me. I'm going to bring it to Jesus. I don't know what that does for you, beloved. As I was preparing for our study tonight, John, Jamie, a spirit of peace struck me. It's almost as if God says, Robert, 
I got your back. I'm with you. And I'm telling you, I cannot, I cannot begin to describe to you the unfathomable peace and joy that God hit me with. Because I realize that whatever my problems may be or whatever issues I'm dealing with, the best thing I can do is to get out of God's way and bring it to Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, get out of God's way. Only Jesus can do it. Only Jesus can heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out evil spirits, open blinded eyes, heal the wounded heart, make things that can't and won't happen come to complete fruition. Only Jesus has the power and the authority to do it. Is there anything hindering your message and your ministry? Are you confronted with a this kind of spirit where you are laboring for God? Are you on the verge of giving up? Have you already thrown in the proverbial towel? If you are at this point, I have some good news for you today. The Lord has planted within you the supernatural abilities to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The Lord has filled you with authority and power. The Lord is your shepherd and you, sh and you shall not want. The Lord is your life and your salvation. Who shall you fear and of whom shall you be afraid? Beloved, the Lord is with you. Now, what he wants you to do is quite simple, and that is to bring it to him. If we would only release it into the master's hand, we would experience a divine breakthrough. God will burst open the dam of disappointments and deliver us safely on the other side of joy, peace, patience, love, and success. Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus to break spiritual strongholds. Then just say, 40 days of to my journey. Breaking spiritual strongholds, just say yes, 40 days of yes. That's what I desire for our congregation. I desire that for you. I know what God has done in my life. I started on my journey book on the 3rd of 2013. I've gotten before the Lord about 20 years ago, about 2008, 20, uh, 2000, and slowly began to understand what it meant to spend time with God. God began to send me through storms. I went through a job loss that was pretty tragic. Uh, I could have sued. I had people to ask me to sue, 
And I said, I don't believe in suing churches. I don't believe in suing denominations. I won't do that. And all that did, it launched, from there, it launched me from working in a denomination to launch my ministry around the world. And now those same denominations, I do ministry to help them to do work that released me from that, that denomination. And now I do ministry through that denomination. And then God opened up many other denominations and many other opportunities, many other ministers, many other people began to experience the glory and the goodness of God. I have no idea how many thousands of people have had the privilege in my life to allow me the joy to share what God has shared with me. Lives all across the country from California to the Philippines to uh, England to uh, Africa to other places. I have no idea that lives have been touched. All I know is this, that I made a decision in my life. When I came to the end of my rope, I was not at the end of my hope. And I began to say my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. And this coming December, after both my wife and I were doing our doctors together, I got out the water. My wife been in the water. I was in the water 15 years. My wife was in the water about over 10 years. This coming December, my sweetheart, my beloved, I will be at St. Louis watching my wife walk across that stage to get her a doctorate in nursing. I'm going to jump up out of my seat, run across the stage, snatch it out of the hand, and say, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. I am so grateful to God that he has taught me the blessings and the benefits of suffering and the privilege that I have to die so that I can live. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ who liveth in me. The life I now live by faith, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I've learned that if I'm going to live, I've got to die. If I'm going to really live, I've got to give it up. I've got to give over my will to the will of God and let God do with me what he want to do with me. That's why I'm here at Cornerstone. It was not on my agenda. My wife is four and a half hours away. I haven't seen, I didn't get a chance to go home this weekend because I had to finish some work for what we're doing here. So, and my wife was doing some work. She said, I don't think I want you to come home this weekend. Why don't you stay over there and finish your work because I'm working here. I said, but I want to see. She said, just wait, just calm down. I said, okay. So this would make probably two months since I've not been able to see my wife. And, uh, but you know, absence make her heart go fonder. Y'all don't hear what I said. Absent makes her heart go thunder. So when I come home, <clears throat> my wife is going to do for me. I'm going to walk in, David and John walk in. She's going to say, <clears throat> the king is coming. <laughs> the king is coming. Doo-doo, doo-doo. The king, I'm going to walk in. The coming. The king is coming. The king is coming. <sighs> then she's going to bow down. Oh, my king, my king, my king. <laughs>
it is my prayer that every member in our church will launch out in this unbelievable, unfathomable experience of God. It has changed my life. My boys, Robert, who's 38, he now recognizes what it means to spend time with God. His wife, Maria, my grandson, memorizing scripture. My other two grandkids, my son went through the divorce, his first marriage, but he's done an incredible job of bringing his family together. His daughter, his older son, Madison, Christopher, Madison 12, Christopher's 10, um, Garrison just turned five. My son, Rock Jordan, his wife had a little girl uh, before he met her, had a little girl out of wedlock. He called me and said, Dad, I'm marrying a girl that has a baby. Is that all right with you? I said, what do you mean? Is that okay with you? I said, son, that means I get a freebie. Now, I need seven more from your own labor, okay? So I told his wife that. She looked at me like this. Oh, my <laughs> God. And I watched God work in his life. I watched God work in my family's life. I watched God. And I want for you what God has given to me. I'm not a perfect person. You'll find that out. I got more flaws than a dog got fleas and ticks. But one thing I know, I know the one who has the flea powder and who gave me the right kind of shot, and that's the Lord God Almighty. So if you don't have your book with you, uh, Michael, would you step back there on the back as well? Make certain that they get it. If you don't have the resources, to God be the glory, uh, you know if you don't and still get it, it's for each individual. It's not family. Every person needs their own work. I passed my book around so you can see it. You wouldn't look at any of them. And uh, next time around, I'll bring all of them with you so you can see each and every one of them. But I can guarantee you this. If you make a decision to step on the path and be serious with God, there are some things that God's going to do in your life that's going to blow your socks off. I am utterly amazed what God has done with the boy raised in a housing project in the worst part of town in Law, Mississippi, the most dangerous part of town. I'm absolutely amazed what God has done in my life. That God's been so gracious to me. I'm amazed when I go to a city, people make me feel like I'm special. It blows me away. I said, they only knew I'm a country boy from Mississippi. They don't even know that. It blows me away. God has been so good and so great. Has any